This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our text that was read earlier came from Isaiah, the 59th chapter, and the 9th to the 20th verses. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We hope for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like people who are blind. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at midday as in the twilight. Among those who are healthy, we are like the dead. All of us growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but is far from us. For our wrongful acts have multiplied before you, and our sins have testified against us. For our wrongful acts are with us, and we know our wrongdoings offending and denying the Lord, and turning away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering lying words from the heart. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the street, and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking, and no one who turns aside from evil makes himself a prey. Now the Lord saw and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no one and was amazed that there was not one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, so will he repay. Wrath to his adversaries, retribution to his enemies, to the coastlands, he will deal retribution. So they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. A redeemer will come to Zion and to those in Jacob who turn from wrongdoing, declares the Lord. Famed reggae musician Peter Tosh, in a song called Equal Rights, makes this statement. Everyone is crying out for peace. Yes, no one is crying out for justice. Everyone is crying out for peace, yes? No one is crying out for justice. I don't want no peace. I need equal rights and justice. Everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody want to die. Everybody want to go up to heaven, but none of them, none of them want to die. I don't want no peace. I need equal rights and justice. I got to get it. Equal rights and justice. I really need it. Equal rights 
and justice. Just give me my share. Equal rights and justice. So taking my cue this afternoon from Peter, I want to speak a message I've titled quite simply, Blind Justice. Blind Justice. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for being here. Thank you, Lord, for setting the atmosphere. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us now to get to this place where we can behold your justice. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Micah, the sixth chapter and the eighth verse, this is what it says. He hath shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? The symbol of the American judicial system is a woman holding a set of scales with which to weigh the evidence presented by those who come before her for justice. The thinking here is that when the evidence is presented, she is able to administer justice based on which evidence tips the scale in one direction or another. The greater or heavier the evidence, the more likely she is to rule in favor of that greater weight. But one very important characteristic of Lady Justice is the fact that she is blindfolded. This means that her decision is not to be based on any physical characteristics such as race, age, gender, sexual orientation, affluence, or country of origin, but instead her decision is to be based solely on the weight of the evidence of the case that is presented. In other words, the decision has nothing to do with who brings the case at all, but instead on the relative merits of the case. Said another way, the weightiness of the evidence. Lady Justice should be blind with respect to person, money, and position. And it is to give regard to all people without preference or prejudice according to the limits of the law. Mm-hmm. That's Lady Justice. Yeah. That's Lady Justice. But... <laughs> As people of color, it seems in many cases, and pun intended, that the scales of the blindfolded lady justice just might need a little calibration. The scales need calibration when in 1954, a black woman named Lena Baker became the only convicted woman ever executed for killing a white man who had kidnapped and assaulted her. She claimed that she had shot him in self-defense and her conviction came by way of a jury of her peers. You want to hear her peers? All white men. But in 2005, the Georgia Board of Pardons and Paroles granted Miss Lena Baker a pardon saying that the state had committed a grievous error. A lot of good that did, Miss Baker. The scales need calibrating. 
when innocent black people are seven times more likely to be wrongfully convicted of murder than innocent white people. The scales need to be calibrated when nearly half of the people on death row are black. The scales need to be calibrated when police misconduct occurs in more than half of all wrongful murder conviction cases involving black people. The scales of Lady Justice need to be calibrated when about one third of unarmed people killed by police are black. And get this, the scales of Lady Justice need to be calibrated when across all major crime categories, African Americans who make up a mere 13% of the entire United States population make up a majority of innocent defendants wrongfully convicted of crimes and then later exonerated. Black people constitute 47% of the 1,900 exonerations listed in the National Registry of Exonerations as of October 2016. And the great majority of more than 1,800 additional innocent defendants who were framed and convicted of crimes in 15 large-scale police scandals and later cleared in group exonerations, a large majority of only 13% of the entire population is black folks. So Lady Justice, as we have come to not only understand her, but to also have come to expect from her, would be better served if she would just simply remove her blindfold when it comes to weighing her standard of justice, especially for people of color. I'm saying it like it is. But, but when we speak of the standards of justice, we're referring to a measure that implies that there is not only fairness when there is a crime or a transgression, but that there is also a commensurable recovery for that crime or transgression. What I mean is, once the evidence of a crime has been weighed and found wanting, then justice is incomplete unless there is some effort to repay, restore, or repair that damage. It's not enough to tell black folks that we were wrong to convict you. It's not enough to take advantage of people. And then when you admit it, then do nothing to compensate for it. Lady Justice, don't seem to be just at all. Seems to me like she peeks through the blindfold to see whether or not the people in front of her is worthy of the crime they have been accused of. I'm just saying. In actuality, the standard of justice is based on accountability, and every individual must account for the impact of their decisions. In addition, those standards to which people are to be held accountable must be universal, constant, and public. And it's important to note that if this standard of justice is to be rational and objective, it has to be derived entirely and exclusively from the God we serve and not Miss Lady Justice. For unlike Lady Justice,
The God we serve is no respecter of person. In his administration, as the creator of all things, both seen and unseen, as the first and the last, as the beginning and the end, as the alpha and the omega, and as he transcends all standards because he sets the standards. But sadly, our current society seems to favor a standard that comes from what we can see and what we can feel and who we know as human beings. So at best, the scales of Lady Justice are poorly calibrated and deeply flawed. So the standard of justice cannot be a blindfolded woman with scales. It must be God. Let's now look at the relevance of all of what I've just shared in the context of our text found in Isaiah. And I want you to listen very carefully as a backdrop of everything that I just said about black folks. When I read the text again, I want you to think about everything that I just said about black folks and listen and tell me if you hear Isaiah differently. Beginning at verse 9. Therefore, justice is far from us. And righteousness does not reach us. We hope for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like people who are blind. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at midday as in the twilight. Among those who are healthy, we are like the dead. Are you hearing black folks? All of us growl like bears and mourn sadly like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. Did you hear that? Does that sound like Ahmad and George and Philando and Brianna and Tamir and Amadou? Are you hearing? And countless others and their respective families? Can you see these mothers and these fathers as they grieve and beg and cry out for justice? I'm just saying. But even for those, because everybody's going to say, well, some of them deserve it. I'm just saying. But even for those who have been rightfully convicted of a crime, the text does not discriminate. Look again, verse 12. Now, this is for those who, they did wrong. So let's not act like our community only does right. right. But we got some in our community that does wrong. But is there justice even for the wrongdoer? So, so here's what Isaiah says. And, and I'm walking you through the text because there is something we need to understand. And that I want to get to our spirits. Verse 12. For our wrongful acts have multiplied before you, and our sins have testified against us. For our wrongful acts are with us, and we know our wrongdoings. Offending and denying the Lord and turning away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering lying words from the heart. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the street and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking 
and one who turns aside from evil makes himself a prey. So even for those among us who have owned their own misdoings, still can't find justice anywhere. Brothers and sisters, Lady Justice, as the ultimate decider of a case, is the same one that chooses who hears the case. So right away, that opens up the door for unmitigated biased behavior. If she's the one judging and she's the one picking, who's going to do Wait a second. How does that blindfold fit? This means that she can't help but be unfair, unbalanced, and unjust. And our churches need to talk about this stuff. In short, she's no lady at all. But follow what comes next in the text. Now the Lord saw, and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. See, when you read the text and you follow the, the trajectory of the thought, you get to realize that God is not asleep. It said, the Lord saw, and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And, and, and he saw that there was no one and was amazed that there was not one to intercede. In other words, he's looking and he says, anybody out there see what's happening and has a problem with it? And no one is interceding? In other words, that same God that I told you is the creator of all things, seen and unseen. is the first and the last, both the beginning and the end. The alpha and the omega who transcends all standards because he sets the standard is the same God that looked and saw that there was no justice and it displeased him. Furthermore, he looked and saw that there was no one worthy and no one to intercede. And the Bible says God was amazed. Think about that. The God who created everything is amazed that there is no justice. Now, I can't imagine that there's anything that could amaze God. I'm personally not easily amazed. I mean, every now and then I'll, I'll see a child that does something that's unusual and I might be astonished, but not necessarily amazed. Because when we describe God, he is amazing. He is awesome. And there are words that should only be ascribed to God when we talk about God and not... Listen, <laughs> brothers and sisters, Eve can play well on the organ. He is good. But he ain't awesome. Now every now and then the Spirit of the Lord takes over his fingers. And the mood and the worship is set in such a way that when he starts to play, I feel something in my spirit. And then when I jump up, he moves from being good to being awesome. You see? And that's what God does. Every now and then he takes this broken vessel, this person who's got really nothing going on, and he incarnates his spirit in you. And before you know it, you move from being mere good to awesome. You are only awesome, brothers and sisters, 
when you reflect the goodness of God. Listen, every now and then, I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. And that's when I know I serve an amazing, awesome God. I'm just saying. So God saw and he was amazed. The same creator God saw that there was no one to intercede. And, and what did God see? What did God see and what did God hear? God heard the cry of Mamie Till. God heard the cry of Merle Evers and Coretta Scott King and Kidiatu Diallo and Sabrina Fulton and Tracy Martin and Tamika Palmer and it displeased him. So then, what you going to do, God? Since you have been amazed that there is no one. You look high, you look low, you search wide. You, you can't find no one. What are you going to do, God? Well, the text tells us. Here's what it says. Let me read verse 16 again. And he saw that there was no one and was amazed that there was not one to intercede. So then his own arm brought salvation to him. His own arm brought salvation to him. And his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a cloak. This is what God did. He himself came and took off the blindfold off of Lady Justice when he stood before the Sanhedrin and the Jewish council and the chief priests, when he stood and took the false accusations and the slander, when he stood there and was ridiculed and mocked, when he stood there and was spat upon and despised, when he stood there and stood there and took it and took it and took it. This same God, Isaiah tells us, was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and like a sheep before his sharers, and he was silent, so he did not open his mouth. This, then the same God, the same God subjected himself to the stripping and the beatings, the flogging and the scourging. Then came the piercing and the nailing, the hoisting and the shaming. Until it led ultimately to the asphyxiation and the expiring when he gave up the ghost. And so he died. But the good news, the good news yeah. is that three days later, he rose from the grave with all power and authority in his hands. And as he now sits at the right hand, y'all got to see the picture. As he now sits at the right hand of God the Father, from thence the Bible tells us he will come again to judge. To judge. To judge the quick and the dead. So he not only took off the blindfold off of Lady Justice, but he took away her scales and her seat of authority as well. And for all of us 
that have transgressed his laws, there will be hell to pay. Pun intended. For the text concludes in verse 18 where it says, According to their deeds, so will he repay. Wrath to his adversaries, retribution to his enemies, to the coastlands he will deal retribution so that they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. A redeemer will come to Zion and to those in Jacob who turn from their wrongdoing, declares the Lord. Now, I want to read that text again. And... I want to read that text for anyone who knows what it feels like to be oppressed, overlooked, passed over, disenfranchised, misjudged, mischaracterized, and misunderstood. And that should be every person of color. When there are those out there that would undermine our value and our worth, when those enemies and those foes think they have the upper hand. Well, the King James version of the Bible of that same text reads this way. Verse 18. According to their deeds, he will repay. Fury to his adversaries. Recompense to his enemies. To the islands he will repay recompense. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Here it is. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the redeemer shall come to Zion and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob saith the Lord. Brothers and sisters, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You see, what I want you to understand is Lady Justice. She thinks she understands standards. But what I'm saying to you for every one of us that are dealing with something in our lives, no matter what it is, when that enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord, not Lady Justice, not Al Sharpton, Nobody else but the Lord will raise up a standard. And this standard of justice is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is our standard bearer. And he is not blind to the injustices of the world. And it's ungodly system. The Lord Jesus Christ is our righteous judge. The Lord Jesus Christ is our lawgiver. The Lord Jesus Christ is our King. And Him, and Him alone, will save us. Now, I titled the message, Blind Justice for a Reason. In that, I do not believe that our system of justice in this world is blind at all. I've already made that case. In fact, I believe that all man-made systems, including the organized church of which I am a part, is corrupt at best. And I've made the case in this sermon that God, our righteous judge, is neither blind nor unjust. 
But somebody is blind. Someone is blind. And I invite you to return with me to the 59th chapter of Isaiah and the 9th through the 11th verses, which reads, Therefore justice is far from us, and righteousness does not reach us. We hope for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like people who are blind. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at midday as in the twilight. Among those who are healthy, we are like the dead. All of us growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none for salvation, but it is far from us. We are the ones that are, in fact, blind. And because we are blind, we have no way of knowing if and when the true standard of justice is ours for the taking. But I got good news. <laughs> but I got good news. You see, justice is available here today. And here's the best part. Here's the best part. It doesn't require your eyes. It doesn't require that you see. For we are all blind and fallen creatures. But instead, instead, it requires your ears. For faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord, our standard of justice, is saying. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying, salvation, salvation is no longer far from you. For our Lord God is near to those who are brokenhearted and who will cry out to him and only him for justice. Everyone is crying out for peace. Yes, no one is crying out for justice. Everyone is crying out for peace. Yes, none is crying out for justice. I don't want no peace. I need equal rights and justice. No justice, no peace. What do you need today? For there is a standard in heaven for you. May the Lord richly Richly bless you, my beloved.